everybody and welcome to Love Unlocks Live Sessions. What a great day it is to talk about Jesus. I'm so excited that we can be here together. Thank you for logging in. Thank you for coming to spend some time with us. I really appreciate it. My name is Heinz Winkler and uh, we're coming to you as Love Key today. And the mission of Love Key is to minister wholeness to families and unity to the body of Christ. We want to see fatherlessness eradicated and we want to see families whole and in order to do that we believe we want to help people encounter God to align with his purposes so they can reign in life and these conversations that we are having with the love unlocks is all about that hearing stories of how God's love has unlocked people's lives from being saved getting you know getting healing from past hurts sorting out bad habits, sorting out bad relationships, all those kinds of things. We know that our God is, is in the business of restoration and reconciliation. And uh, we've already had two of these sessions uh, on uh, Wednesday and Thursday with, with two young evangelists, friends of mine who really just inspire me, who, who's doing great work of ministry um, when, uh, for, for, for the Lord. And uh, I, it was great having, a, having chats with them and hearing their hearts and seeing how God has unlocked their lives and, and what He's doing through their lives. And today we've got a very special guest. It's a, it's a friend of mine who's a pastor. He's the pastor of Trees of Life Multiracial Church. Uh, we met in 2018 after I did a prayer. Uh, we just brought, I just brought out the song, It's Time, which is about unity, a song that I did with Neville D. and Luis Obala. And I just felt the Holy Spirit speak to me about whether, you know, I'm just going to sing about unity uh, across racial, cultural, and class boundaries, or whether I'm going to live it out. And uh, so I just prayed a simple prayer. I said, Lord, give me a black friend. And uh, I knew a lot of people from other cultures and backgrounds, but not, not people that I would invite to my house necessarily and hang out with them. Not that I didn't want to. I just never thought of it before, and I, thought, and I felt led to do that. So I prayed. Just a simple prayer. And the next week, I met this man at our kid's swimming lesson. And I was there on a day that I wasn't really supposed to be there because my kid was catching up with a lesson. He was there on a day that he isn't normally there. And we started talking and I shared my heart about unity and the song. And he started laughing and told me his church is called multi, the Trees of Life Multiracial Church. And, and we just became instant friends. And uh, in the last two years, uh, we've, we've become good friends and I've sat under his teaching and I've been so blessed by his amazing revelation that he gets from Father God. Uh, so I want to introduce you to an amazing man that uh, I really believe can impart something special to all of us today. His name is Ade Omobagiwa and he is right here with us from Skype from his home in Somerset West. Hello Ade and welcome. Hello Hans, how are you doing? I am well, my friend. It's so great to have you here. Thank you for joining us. What a yeah. privilege. What a privilege. I thank you so much. Good to, good to be here. Wonderful. So, um, Ade is, like I said, a pastor of Trees of Life, but we, he also started something that called Bible Over Coffee. And uh, I was one of, the, one of the first members of Bible Over Coffee. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, been a, it's been a place of studying the Word of God and learning so much. It's, it's been wonderful. Um, but I, I, I want you to, I want people to get to know you quickly. So I'm going to ask a couple of fun questions. But before I do that, I, I want, to, I want to, you to tell people, how was your experience 
um, when I invited you to have a bry at my house? <laughs> well, I, like you said, I was at the swimming lesson when I met you and with your lovely voice, and we got talking, and we we just kind of got along, and you said you were going to invite me to your house for bry. Bry means uh, where you go for for those who are not Nigerians. <laughs> <laughs> For those who are Nigerians, it's uh, when you go together just to have meal together and then cooking of a lot of meat and brying of meat. So when invited me and I just made fun of him, I said, you're not even afraid. You're inviting a Nigerian to your house. <laughs> <laughs> because the unfortunate uh, impression that the bad eggs have given my proud and my nation that I'm very, very proud of. And he said, well, it didn't matter. So we went to his house and we met his lovely kids. Of course, he has a beautiful, beautiful family and beautiful house. And I thank God for your life, Heinz. It's been wonderful knowing you. Thank you, my brother. And, and what, did you, what did you say at that time about the bride that I, that I presented to you? Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm going to get into trouble with yes. uh, of my uh, <laughs> friend, uh, Africana friends, and uh, I said, uh, Heinz Bry is the best so far that I've tasted. Yes, but that was two years ago, So, I, I, and you've told me since you've had a better Bry at someone else's house. So the <laughs> I, I knew that I've been invited to several Bry's, and uh, I know I'm going to get into trouble, but uh, it's just phone talk. Uh, David... <laughs> invited me david gave he gave so much attention did when when, when heinz is cooking it takes his time he looks at the meat with tenderness and he keeps <laughs> he, it he you know you'll be looking to eat meals <laughs> that's good. beautiful that's how, good it should be. that's how it should be yeah um, my my father to you is is online he says hello he says hello hello, sir. hello. And uh, <laughs> and we have uh, Aleta's mom, my my other mother, Nikki. She's also yeah. online. She says, "Good afternoon, Pastor." Abba. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have everybody here. Um, hello, Alta, Letitia, Debbie, Natasha, Ruyas, Brioni. We have a lot of people online. It's great to have you all here. All right, I'm able to get to know you a little bit, brother. So I'm going to ask you a couple of uh, fun, quick questions. And yeah. uh, so this this one is. Is, is can be a bit awkward, but I, I was surprised when I found this out. So I wanted to ask, how old are you, my friend? Oh, yes. I was born in 1963. No way. How 20. old does that make you? That's going to make me 57 in October. 57. Can you guys believe he's 57? He does not a day over 47, I think. <laughs> thank you, very much. Thank you, thank you. All right. And, yeah. um, you are married to a beautiful lady uh, who's got an amazing gift of prophecy. Her name's Oshua. Um, I yeah. want to know, how long have you guys been married? We'll be married now. Next month, it will be 20 years. 20 years. Oh, my goodness. And from when you met her till you asked her, to, your, uh, asked her hand in marriage, how long was that period? Nine months. Nine months? Nine just, months, yes. Just like having a baby. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
exactly exactly that's amazing and uh and tell us about your your daughter you've got a beautiful daughter <laughs> her name is uh jehovah nisi yeah we named her that name which means uh, the banner of victory for 11 and a half years we couldn't have a baby medically wow medical doctors uh, helped me to realize that my body couldn't have a baby. I was told that my sperm was less than 6% capacity. Yeah. And my wife also, uh, we were told after scan that she couldn't carry a baby in our womb, that our womb was supposed to be removed. But uh, we had faith in God. And 11 years after, one morning, around 2 a.m. in the morning, she had it of praying in the night. She just came and told me and, I, and told me and said, look, God just told me now that today I have removed the reproach of barrenness away from you. Yeah. So that, that was how we got Nisi. Uh, That's amazing. Before then, before then, uh, I, before then we, we held on to God and uh, we thank God the baby is, uh, she, she's custom made, all we requested for. How old is she yeah. now? She's going to be nine in wow. December. Very wow. athletic. Awesome. She is. Very she's such a great athlete. I've seen her run. She's awesome. And you, you used to be a, a great athlete on your day, so you're a great trainer. <laughs> yes, I used to be an athlete. I High school, I was shortlisted to what we call provincial in South Africa, then uh, Lagos State on the way to go for nationals. But uh, other things happened along the way. I couldn't. And my wife also was an athlete. Oh, and my, wow. my daughter has won a lot of medals for her school in hockey, in uh, athletics as well, 60 and 80 meters. Wonderful. All right. Yeah. What is your, now that you've been in South Africa for, uh, for quite a while, uh, what is your favorite kind of meat to braai? Well, uh, I, I, I like uh, the I like uh, lamb, the A grade. Yes. Lamb. Yes. Lamb chops, nice. Yeah, lamb chops, yes. Okay, I'll, I'll remember that for next time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm and, and then I have to also ask you, what do you miss? What do you miss most about Nigerian food? I don't really miss it because my wife is uh, a Nigerian. Okay. I eat my Nigerian food as if I was in Nigeria. There was a time we had a Nigerian friend who came visiting, and my wife had, uh, she cooked all the mixtures we normally would cook in Nigeria the cow leg, the bokoto, everything. And the wow. person said, I said, huh? Are you in Nigeria? I said, Because I'm married to Nigeria, that's why. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, so she brought she brought everything from home to to you. You don't have to worry about missing out. <laughs> That's wonderful. special. She's a beautiful wife. I, I, I thank God for her life. Amen. And you're from Lagos originally, right? Yes, I'm a Lagosian by what birth. You, yeah, parents and two parents like Lagosians. Yes. And uh, do you miss that city at all? And if if you do, what do you miss about it? Well, I, 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 I love Nigeria. I miss Lagos. You know, we went to Nigeria together. Yes. You introduced you, me to your city. 
Yes, you still you you we, we went around Lagos Island and the sun was so hot on you. You went into the car. You yeah. were in the car for about two hours. <laughs> it was rough. It was rough. But okay, let me let me let me sketch this picture, guys. So I'm I'm in Lagos. I've, I've, we're in the middle of the that's like the CBD. There's there's all kinds of shops and stuff, and everyone's trying to sell you something. It's kind of like being in in Joburg CBD <laughs> in a way. And we we were and Ade was looking for a shirt, like he's looking for one shirt, and he's going to these guys, then to those guys, then this guy says, "No, I've got a deal for you around the corner," and then he goes there, and I'm walk, I'm just walking behind him up and down, up and down. After a while, I'm like, I tell you what, I'm gonna sit in the air conditioned car until you found a shirt. And then you can come and show me the shirt. But I've walked to enough shops now. <laughs> that is the fun in Lagos. That is the fun about it. Yeah. It's it, it densely populated. The, the, the hustling and bustling, the shuffling, shoulder to shoulder, moving around. That's what I, I, I miss about and, Lagos. And you miss and the, the traffic. You miss the traffic, right? That crazy cars against each other, taxis slapping your car on the side, that kind of traffic. That was <laughs> you know, sometimes even here in South Africa when I'm driving, I I, I just go into that mode unconsciously, Lagos mode. Yeah. I see in South Africa, people just when they know they are going off by the left, through the left lane, they'll just queue up a long queue. Yeah. Lagos spirit will come on me. I'll move forward and get closer. <laughs> To the third car, to the robot, I just, just <laughs> <laughs> The spirit of Lagos comes upon you. I love that. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, oh man. Oh, it's, uh, I, I miss it. I remember when I came for South Africa for the first time, when we got a car, I mean, for birthday, for a Bible school, got a car. I was driving opposite, opposite lane. You know, I thought I was in Lagos. And I saw a car, not, it's not, wasn't, it wasn't a busy road. I saw a car coming and I was waving to the driver, get off, get off. And the driver saw that I was coming closer. He just swapped off the road, parked and looked at me. He thought I was crazy. Then later I got out of the car and realized that, oh, I wasn't in Lagos, oh, I'm in Jobek now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've adopted now 15 years in South Africa. That's and amazing. People say, In other words, when you have when you put um, when you put a lot of leaves in a soapy dish, put it there, and it stays for so long, you can now use the leaves because it would have had enough of soap inside it to wash your plates. So I've been here for so long, I'm now in South Africa. We are sure. applying for our citizenship, yes. Yeah, so I love it here. Amazing. Yeah, you're one of our one of our favorite um, new citizens. I'm so glad. Uh, yeah. That makes me think of a, another question that I didn't tell you about. I, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot. But do you? Every African nation has such amazing uh, local proverbs from their own language. Um, yeah. Is there? Is there? Your your language is Yoruba. Uh, is there a a proverb that you grew up with that that you that is just special to you that with a special meaning? Uh, yes. It goes like this. It means a prince who is in a foreign land 
as a slave or a servant. No matter how wretched he looks, the mannerism of kingship will be in him, the way he carries himself. So no matter how wretched he may look or he may be going through, situation may be very bad, you still find the kingship in him. So wow, that's, uh, that's amazing. Yes, yes. I like that. Lauren yeah. and Mark says hello. They're from Bible Coffee Group. Yes. Lauren and Mark say hello. Hello, Lauren and Mark. It's great to see you guys online. Welcome. <laughs> nice to see you. My, 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 my. Is that my number one disciple? Yes. Your number one <laughs> disciple. Yes. <laughs> you were jealous when I said that. Yes, I was. And then you said you, you are, you are a self-proclaimed elder. <laughs> Self-proclaimed lead elder, mind you. Yeah, <laughs> Rory is the second elder. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know if he's happy about that. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay. What is your dream car? My dream car is a Mercedes-Benz 500. And color, interior, do you have any specifics? Well, white. White, all right. Yes. Interior white. Ooh, white leather. Yes. Nice. That's very Nigerian of you. I love it. Full, full <laughs> option. Full, full option. Ah. <laughs> full awesome. option. The next one is uh, BMW, of course. Okay, good. All right, well, we, uh, I, I, I can't wait to see you drive around that car, bro. Um, yes. We also have Tina from Bible Over Coffee saying hello. And hello, Tina. Tessa. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Everybody's here. All right. Yeah. Um, then this is one of my favorite. I, there's always some great stories that came up with this. Can you tell us if you've ever had a most embarrassing moment? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well. Spiritually, I have uh, the times you, you, you inflict yourself with uh, what you're not supposed to do. So, like, uh, you you do what you're not supposed to do, and the Holy Spirit warning you, and uh, His grace gets you back on track. Yeah. So, uh, that, 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 that's, I, I would say uh, another one that is fun would be my my older brother was trying to help a neighbor who was cooking and the the, 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 the food was was drying up and was getting burnt and he ran to their kitchen and saw um, a cup with with liquid inside and just poured it into the fresh made soup and it happened to be what you call paraffin here. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> so it's more his embarrassing moment than yours, but you were part of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my I, goodness. I, I was so, I was so, ah! No, 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 no. But the, 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 the owners of the soup, they understood that it was out of uh, kindness, you know? Yeah. All right. Okay, I want to know if, 
you know, you've, you've ministered in many places. You've been here for a while. You've ministered in, in Nigeria for, for, a, for a while. Is there any uh, story you can tell? I mean, we, we all know we, it's important to love Jesus. Church is important. But every now and again, something really funny happens with people and church and or events. Is there any um, funny story or memory that you have about something like that? Well, uh, yes. I remember when I was, uh, when I just got born again and I had certain challenges and I went for deliverance more than necessary. <laughs> and there was this time, this guy was praying for me. He, he held my head and was stopping my nerves and I was trying to remove his hand. I used to do a little bit of uh, martial arts then. So the guy said, I buy the spirit of karate. <laughs> I said, look, this is not karate. This is, I'm, I'm having a headache. <laughs> <laughs> I bind the spirit of karate. You just try to protect yourself. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, yeah, listen. So, Some people uh, get carried away. Yo, it's funny. Yes. yes. All right. Um, I've got two more questions before we get into your testimony. Um, I want to know... When you dream big, uh, th that big dream in your heart that you are trusting God for, what, what is your biggest, craziest dream that you want to see in your life? Whoa. Biggest, craziest dream in my life. I don't want to sound to you. Would you want me to talk about what I believe God? Are you saying what I've seen, what I've, what I've heard God say about me or just personal things? Well, it, it can be both. I mean, I know you, you love God and you, you want to advance His kingdom. Um, I guess what I'm asking is, on what kind of, what do you see happening in the next five to ten years that if you, if you can, if, if that can happen in your life, you can go, wow, thank you, God. That's amazing. That's what I've been believing for, trusting for. Yeah. I don't, you, don't, you can get spiritual. I don't mind. It, this is my channel. Okay. okay. <laughs> If, if that is it, I'm looking forward to a time that uh, anytime I am ministering the Word, let God clothe my voice with His Spirit and do what He would do. Like Paul said, when they knew that he that was at, he that, he that was at work in the ministry of Peter was at work in, in him, they gave him the hand of fellowship. What I'm trying to say is, without touching anybody for him, without prophesying to anybody, as I speak, let God let God clothe the voice, my voice, and bless people. So that's what I I desire. That anywhere the sound of my voice will be, through the airwaves, let God's miracle power be at work. Let that's the awesome. lame walk, let the blind see, without calling them out for with dramas. Yeah. And I, I don't want to be advertising. Uh, I've seen that in ministry, but I just want God to do it in such a way that there will be no connection between me and what he is doing. That's amazing. I love that. All the glory to him. Yes, that's what I desire. I'm sure you have many, but at this point in your life, what is your favorite Bible verse or a Bible verse that you feel is really ministering to you right now? 
Oh. <laughs> you mean the current one? Well, if I have a favorite Bible verse, you may tell me I have many. But if you I, have a favorite one, please tell me. Yes. Uh, the favorite one was when God told Abraham, uh, Genesis 17, 4, when God says, he told Abraham, he said, Behold, my covenant is with you. And I will make you the father of many nations. He said, Behold, my covenant is with you. Yes. Why, why is that favorite Bible verse? If you look at it very closely, it says, Behold, in other words, pay close attention. My covenant is with you. In other words, Abraham, I'm coming to you with a covenant already in place. Mm. And all you need to do is to come into the covenant by faith. You can't bring anything into this covenant. Everything is already in. It's already done before you're coming into it. So there is no, no room for, uh, no room for self-glorification. I've done anything, or so there was no room for Abraham to lay claim to bring in anything because in covenant, according to the scriptures, most of the time where we say covenant started with human beings, but in the book of Revelation chapter thirteen verse eight. The Bible says that Christ was slain from the foundation of the world. And that means that before man sinned, before sin was before sin was was was, was ever made, before before Abraham, before Satan was created, the Trinity offered the blood of the Lamb. So the covenant was already in place among the Trinity. Mm. So when God told Abraham, my covenant is with you. And in covenant, you, you inherit each other's liabilities as well as assets. Mm. You become one, even though you are living in two different bodies, as it were. So I would, I would own your liabilities as well as your assets. So we become one. Your friends become my friends. Your enemies become my enemies. So God was telling Abraham, look, come into, come into Trinity. All we own and all we are, you are now one with us. And God, it was beyond Abraham. That was why Paul says in the book of Galatians that the scripture, knowing that the Gentiles will come to salvation, preached the gospel to Abraham. Paul now says, if you're of Christ, you're Abraham's seed. Yeah. God between God and Abraham actually included us that are going to be born again. That we're going to be born again later. Sorry, wow. so that's very very profound, and I'm sure you know that I I did a teaching on this for about a year. Yeah, yeah, it's powerful. Yes. It's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's awesome. It's such a powerful scripture. If we realize what it what it means, the application of it for each and every one of us. All right, um, I'm so excited to to ask you to share your story. Uh, before we do that, um, I just want to show you there's. Uh, Pauline Aikuele from Atlanta, watching on yeah. YouTube. Is that a friend of yeah. yours? Yes. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. That's very special. Yes. Hello, Pauline. Welcome to the chat. We appreciate you dialing in all the way from Atlanta. That's very early in the morning there. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Um, Pastor Ade, I, I want to I ask you if you can share the story of how God 
God's love unlocked your life. The, you, you, you grew up with a certain culture and then one day you had this amazing encounter where it, it seemed like God just you know, brought certain things together uh, and so that you can have that encounter. And I would just love for you to share that, that story um, of your, the moment you met God and, and how that impacted and changed your life. Well, uh, for the journey of life, how I eventually came to know Christ. This was, this was the year 1987. That was when I got to know about it. I wasn't supposed to be going to church that morning, but I wanted to use my brother's car, my oldest car. And he made a deal with me that, look, come with me to church and you could have the car from 8 to 10 in the morning, or you could wait until after the service and you could have the car till 9, 9, 9 p.m. in the evening. And I thought, well, it was a better option. So I went to drop him off at his church and I started hearing good music that I've never heard. I was used to church being like your Anglican or Catholic church where they play a lot of hymns. And when I heard this beautiful music more, more like a discotheque kind of uh, music but the lyrics where they were singing about god got into the auditorium only to discover that the pastor used to be one of nigerians uh, it was he was the superstar in the secular world then who needed led to christ and afterwards he made the altar call, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ that morning. I wouldn't remember the sermon, but when he got to salvation side of the of the service, he he dragged it for almost like twenty minutes, explaining, saying that look, you may be born into a particular culture or religion. You need to look for God yourself. And when you find God, follow him. And now that's something very interesting. He said, because we are born into, I was a Muslim, I was born into a Muslim family. He said, you could start your own journey for your own generation. Choose the path of righteousness through Jesus Christ. And he said, Jesus Christ was the son of God and was God. When he talked about Jesus Christ being God, it became a little bit of ours because we've been indoctrinated that God would never have a son, that Jesus Christ was just a prophet. But uh, something happened in my heart. I said, God, look, if Jesus Christ is the son of God, I want to accept him as my Lord and Savior. And I gave my life to Christ that day. That was first week in March 1987. I gave my life to Christ and the pastor said, look, for the fact that you've given your life to Christ today, he was talking to everybody that gave his or her life to Christ that day. That, that, that never meant that your old life, your old way of doing things will stop, but you now need to renew your mind in the things of God. So they took us to a prayer room for us to be prayed for. And I started hearing them praying this Shabbala, Shabbala, Shabbala. I've never heard it before. I thought, 
had made a mistake downstairs. I said, God, forgive me. I didn't know that uh, I made a mistake downstairs. <laughs> then praying this kind of language before. And the coordinator of the program was uh, uh, the late pastor, Mrs. Bimbo Dukoya. She was then at Household of God. And she said, young man, please, this is the spirit of God. Don't be afraid. On my way, I was heading straight to the door. One young man, very zealous, wanted to stop me from getting out of the prayer room. I wanted to... <laughs> God saved him, that woman said that, and I just took my, I just, I just excused myself from the rest of the people praying. I stood at a corner, I looked, I looked, I looked throughout the window. I, I looked into the sky, I said, God, if this is of you, I want. If not, I don't want. Instantly, I started praying in the spirit. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, wow. same I gave my life to Christ. It was as if the, whole, the weight of the whole world was lifted off my shoulder. And I now had the Spirit of Christ in me, gentle Spirit of God, loving me in my heart. And I won't forget, the following Sunday, I didn't go to church. My younger brother who is still a Muslim, I'm still, I'm still believing God for him. My older brother, by the way, is equally a pastor now. So he called me one time, he said, that's about within a week that I got born again, in my family, we want to talk about something very serious. Your dad, your mom wake, wake you up in the middle of the night. So he woke me up and said, he heard that I gave my life to Christ. I said, yes. He said, what was the problem? Why, why did I do that? And I told him, I said, look, I said, there was no way for me to explain it to him. I said, the only way I could explain to you would be if you had never tasted Coca-Cola before and someone who has tasted it is telling you how beautiful it tastes. The only way for you to experience what the person's experience is for you to taste it as well. So there's no way for me to explain this, my experience with Christ, until you give your life to Christ. So I said, it, it, it's... This is, this is new life. There is no way of turning my back on Christ. And I have no regret. 33 plus years now, God has been good to me. Uh, that's, that's amazing, brother. I, I, I know from spending time with you that there's so much more to that story. But thank you for giving us the, the summary version so powerfully. I think what's, what stands out for me about your your story of giving your life to Christ is is that you always uh, put the emphasis on the fact that that the pastor that was speaking at that event he he gave the gospel message so powerfully clearly truthfully yeah, you understood exactly what the cost was and yes. what the faith steps were and I think that is so significant. Uh, because I've I've heard of many people uh, that that made more of an emotional decision uh, because of how it was presented, and I think that's so so um, yeah, just great to hear that. And and uh, for me, that's that's a, that's amazing. And I was wondering if you can maybe just mention um, what what were the the points that the pastor highlighted so that you really understood what 
what decision you were making, especially coming from a Muslim background, never having been in church before and hearing this kind of thing. What was, I think you've, you've touched on it, but I would like to just hear more of that. What were the things that, that spoke to your spirit, man, and kind of woke, woke your spirit, man, up you know, and, and unlocked the, the true identity inside of you? Yes. Remember that the man of God, Pastor uh, Chris Okoti, to be specific, of household of God, now at Alausa Ikeja, he said that giving your life to Christ is you becoming a new creation. Old things have passed away, but everything has become new. But he emphasized that your flesh is not what is born again. Your spirit man is what is born again. And very briefly, he talked about sanctification. That sanctification is a process that you are dealing with your flesh. You are putting under the deeds of the flesh. That you should not allow, when you see your flesh at work, and now begin to condemn yourself that you are no longer a child of God. That this is a process. That what you need to know is, when you go born again, do you have that witness in your spirit, man? That's your spirit, man. The Bible says, God, God has put his spirit in us that helps us to cry, Abba, Father. So it was an encounter that I couldn't run away from. And like I said, before I gave my life to Christ, at the age of 16, accidentally, I was introduced to what any, an average young person gets introduced to. And uh, it became a plague on me. And for out of 365 days of the week, at least about 345 days of the week, I would... Of the year, of the year. Yeah, of the year, sorry. I would have to masturbate. And it became a serious... I never knew that it was, it was, I, was, I was a slave until I gave my life to Christ. And I realized the Spirit of Christ in me telling me, hey, this thing is not of me. I said, I could hear out of love in my heart, God dealing with me. And one day he said, you and a, a murderer, a, a, an armed robber, you are the same. I said, no, I thought I was hearing Satan. But the voice was very, was very soft powerful and firm, and said, what do you think produces a child? The moment he said that, I knew what he was talking about. And I said, God, I'm sorry. Now I knew how much damage that was done. And I said, God, please, I want to go home. I want to go to heaven. Just get, I want to get out of this body. Thank God for what the man of God shared with us. I'm a child of God. I knew in my heart that I'm a, I was a child of God. And I said, God, I want to go to heaven. Just let me sleep and just... I'm talking about three months into salvation. Three months into salvation. He told me that that was what brought deliverance to me. All the going for deliverance sessions and prayers and giving me pushing you to fall on the ground didn't do it for me. 
where the truth set me free. And it never happened again. Every three years, wow. ever happened again. So I know the love of God. So everybody out there, when you, this thing is of the devil. Don't allow your flesh to rule over you. It will deny you what the joy and the peace of God and the race you are to run and the grace and the anointing of God upon your life will be will be hindered. I'm talking about 33 years ago. I'm not talking about it lasted till now. I got born again when I was 24 in March, first Sunday in March, 1987. Around this happened March, March, April, May, June, about July, the Lord gave me this revelation of his word. And that was, God actually deleted it. You know, it's like you take a software out of out of uh, your, your computer. You cannot, cannot you, it cannot function again. You have, you have taken it out. So I can, it cannot, I don't even think about it. It doesn't come to my mind. So for those who are struggling with such, I encourage you, seek God in spirit and in truth. Let be genuine in your heart, whatever habits that are holding you down. Be genuine. God is your father. And tell him to please help you. Like I said, I cried. I said, God, I was sorry. Because when I, when I realized the implication of it, I said, go, okay, God, just let me go home. Let me, let, me just, let me just die. I know I'm not going to hell. Thank God for the teaching I heard uh, by Pastor Chris Okoti. I said, look, I want to just leave this body. I want to go to heaven. So that I thank God. God now told me, he said, no, you're not going to heaven. I appreciate the fact that you realized the, the implication of, of your action. Now, let's begin to talk about the reason why I created you, the purpose for which we created. And that changed my life completely. And from that time, I started pursuing God like never before. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you, brother, for, for sharing so powerfully and, and vulnerably. That's, that kind of testimony is what really changes lives. And uh, it's beautiful to hear how an encounter with God's love was actually an encounter with God's truth. And even though it was a truth that was very hard to hear, and it brought conviction that set you free. And that's something that I think a lot of us, we, you know, a lot of people just want to paint God with a brush of what they call love. Like, no, God is a God of love. You know, He will forgive me. He will, you know, let me let me be, I'm a good person. And yet you hear all these kinds of arguments, but love, true love, God is love, the Bible tells us. And when you encounter love, you encounter truth. And that truth is what sets free. And that's such a powerful testimony. Thank you for sharing that. Um, one of the things that I admire so much about you and what has made a big impact on my life is it's, it's not just what you teach and the revelations that you get. It's the reason why you are able to teach and get those revelations. It's the way that you approach time with God. It's the way that you approach studying the Bible. And uh, it's me meant a lot to me to learn from you how you do it. So I would love for you to, in a few minutes, just share with the people watching. Because um, I really believe it can help 
many people in how they do quiet time, how they do Bible study. Uh, just some important, uh, let's call it tips, but it's more than that. It's, it's guidelines to, to have significant encounters with God and, and in studying the Bible. Uh, what, what would you, uh, if you can just share your advice, I think that would be very valuable. Thank you very much. You know that my wife and I, we appreciate you so much. I, I know I can vulnerable you and you can be very vulnerable with me. I thank God. The Bible says, whoever that has left father, mother, brother, for the kingdom's sake, he will give brother. I thank God for giving you to, to my family, giving you to me as a brother indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just realized I was muted for quite a while there. You could hear me, but they couldn't hear me. I'm so sorry, everyone watching. <laughs> I was muted to the to the broadcast. I apologize. Um, so, so what I said, what I said after his um, his amazing testimony, is just that I, I was so impacted by his the vulnerability that he shared, but also that what was so uh, powerful about it was the fact that that um he encountered the love of god it it was he was it was actually encountered by the truth of god and the truth of what was happening in his life brought conviction and the conviction set him free and that for me was so amazing and uh and then i asked him if he could share with us what because it's something that stands out for me about his life is that the way he um the way he approaches quiet time studying the bible learning from god um is is actually the the secret i guess to when you sit at his feet and listen to his teaching it's so powerful and you wonder why is it so powerful and it's because he spends time uh within god's presence in his word and the way he does it is is a big part of that and you know all of us have the ability to approach god to seek his face to spend time in, in the word and something that's that I've learned from Ade that's so powerful is the way that he um, is able to to teach you how to approach God in quiet time. So I just I asked him to share that. Sorry about me being quiet for such a long time, but uh, so Ade, if you can maybe just share, share with our with our guests um, what 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 are some what is advice that you can give them about spending time with God? Thank you very much. Uh, you know I, I tell. I tell you guys when I share, well, I'll go a little bit into history. After I got born again, 87, I went to Bible school again. I did uh, theology four years. I did uh, a plenty as well. And 2005, my wife and I came to Rema Bible College to study uh ministerial training major. I did community leadership as uh, a focus. So studying the scriptures intellectually, academically, has always been there, which is very, very good. But the best that can do for you is to make you um, uh, an intelligent professor. But life, you will not be able to dispense life very easily. So uh, the Lord helped me, and I, I looked at the Bible. Anytime I open the Bible, I see it as meeting with the author of the Bible. It's God, literally, literally, just like me. Say, I want to talk to 
my wife or talk to your highs or talk to you, have a meeting. But this time around, I, I approach it, I approach the reading of the word. I'm going to have, I'm going to meet with the author of life, the one who wrote, who allowed the Bible to be written. And with reverence in your heart that God, I know, thank you for intelligence. You can read and make, make sense, information sense about what you're reading. But God, please, I want you to help me. I want you to please help me to understand what your word is saying. I want you to talk to me. And God, I will just be on a particular verse of the scripture. And he begins to talk to me. And I talk back to him. And he speaks back to me. So it's from the place of quietness, my quiet time with God, that I come to minister the word of God. So it's, like I said, it's, you are, you are meeting with the Most High God. You are, meeting, you are meeting with God Almighty. You are meeting with the Trinity. You are meeting Him in the company of angels. You are meeting Him with the 24 elders by his side. You are meeting Him with all the activities going on in the realm of the Spirit. So it's like you are going to a door. You are going to a palace, as it were, and you shut the door behind you. So you are not hearing anything outside. So, and it's, al it's almost like to me now, when you drop a, 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 a book, the moment the book, you leave the book, it drops gravity, bam. So when I open the scriptures, it's like I get translated. I get into God's presence and things, everything behind me is shot out. Although when you get in there, your mind, what you want to do for the day, all kinds of things, are, your flesh is still telling you appointments here and there, some challenges here and there. So what I do is I bring everything to God's presence. I say, God, my mind, my mind is wandering, and I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about it. I'm not supposed to do that in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says the spirit of a prophet is subject to a prophet, and I'll, and I'll command my spirit. I'm in God's presence be quiet, then I study the Word of God. So good. Yeah. Thank you. That's, uh, that is so powerful and, um, and helpful for all of us. And uh, what, the thing that stands out for me, the way we, um, we do Bible over coffee, is to take a verse and to really take time at each word. What does it mean? What is the context what is the, the best translation? And just read it, read it, read it. Uh, I remember being at Bible of a Coffee the first time. We, uh, we stayed on Hebrews 11.1 1, about faith for months. And, uh, and Ade would force us to be students of the Word. And we would, have to, you would keep asking questions and questions and questions. And then if you, you would give these typical Christianese answers, you know, that you think you, know, you think you understand something like faith and you tell him and then he scores you and he gives you like a 12% or a minus five. <laughs> and then, but it's all fun. It's fun in games, but it's also in, to, to get you to a point to really think about what you're reading and what does it mean? And then the very important thing, how does it apply to your life? Because we can easily get philosophical uh, or his favorite word, just about the word of God. Um, but it, it's about really getting stuck into it 
and and not letting it go until the revelation drops. And I, that is something that I've learned from you that I think is so valuable. And I want to encourage everyone else listening right now that, you know, if you if you feel in your quiet time that you're just going through the motions or you're just doing a devotional, uh, going through a book someone else wrote, and you don't feel like there's a lot happening or really you uh, growing in your walk with Jesus, I want to encourage you to to approach it as he said, you know, make time, make sure it's focused time. If you if you if your thoughts are all over the place, you quiet them. And you, remember, when you are born again, your spirit is now new, and you decide whether your spirit rules or whether your body and your soul rules. So you have to make that decision, like he said, and take your thoughts captive, uh, like two Corinthians ten says, and you focus and you let God and the Holy Spirit lead you as you read the Word of God and ask Him questions and, and, and keep, stay there until the revelation drops and the application comes through. That's such a big lesson that I've learned from you and I really appreciate so much. Um, sorry. Apparently I activated Siri here on the side when I said that last word. All right, brother, we are entering... The weekend where we celebrate Pentecost, the, the fact that Jesus went to heaven and sent His Holy Spirit and it fell upon the disciples. And because of that, still today, if, when we are born again Christians, the Holy Spirit makes His home inside of us. And uh, I know that God has been speaking to you about that. And so I would like to ask that, that for us as, a, as people in lockdown, in going through you know a very weird time, all kinds of funny stuff happening in the world how do how, how do we approach this time how do we how do we look at pentecost how do we what should we be be listening for in this time and yeah just please share with us what god has put on your heart about the message of pentecost as we go into this weekend thank you very much uh, i thank you i love you and i thank god for you and your, your lovely family we call you father of many nations <laughs> so, that's four kids, four boys and a girl. I do. Four boys. I do. <laughs> and uh, I love that girl, Alana. She's my favorite girl in the world. I thank God for her life. Well, um, thank you so much. Uh, the Pentecost, the Pentecost uh, story in the Scripture. We get it from the book of Acts, chapter 2, which I would like to briefly read from verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly came the sound, came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterances. 
as the Spirit gave them utterances. Well, uh, in deriving maximum revelational benefits of this book of Acts, chapter two, we need to we need to be uh, aware that in Italian scriptures there are toolboxes where you have tools inside. I'll give an example. Let's say three people having brand new cars and they got stopped in the middle of the night about 10 kilometers from where they live. And one of them happens to be a mechanic and each car has the tools to fix the car, the broken down car, in the car. The one who is a mechanic would open the toolbox and use the right tools to fix the car and he will be able to fix the car and drive home even though it's 12 a.m. in the middle of the night. But the other four, even though the tools are there, they don't know which of the tools to use to fix the engine, to get maybe a little spark plug or something. They will stay there and imagine when we now have lockdown, no mechanic is allowed to work. The rest four will be stranded until the lockdown will be lifted. The one that knows how to fix the car with the tools will get home on time. So in Bible interpretation, there are tools that are very, very important for us to be able to unlock the revelations in God's word. So for us to get maximum revelation benefit of this book of Acts about Pentecost, we have, among other tools, the tool of history, historical perspective to the scripture. You have prophetic timelines that we cannot ignore when we are looking at understanding the scripture. We have the culture, cultural, culture tool. We have the use of symbols in the Bible. You have what you call dispensational truth in the Bible. So there are other tools, but this morning for us to be able to unlock the love of God that God did at Pentecost, I would like us to see it. Let us use the tool that I will call the prophetic timelines. What happened at Pentecost wasn't by chance. When the wind blew, and tongue of, tongue, tongues of fire 
touching every one of the disciples of Christ, 120 of them, in that room, that upper room. We can look at it from the perspective of religion. We just celebrate. And the best we can get is religion. But when we look at it very closely, when we get to verse 17, sorry, verse 16, let me go back a little bit, please. Verse 15, Peter was speaking, he said, for these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It was spoken by prophet Joel. And what did he say? He said, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Verse 18, and on my men servant and my maid servant, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Verse 19, and I will show wonders in heaven above and sign in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Then the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, I thank you, O oh God, for the privilege I have this afternoon on the platform that you have given your son, Heinz Winkler. Father, I ask, O oh God, that you grant me utterances. I pray for the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of your will, that you fill us up, Lord, with the spirit of wisdom and understanding. In Jesus' name, we pray that you open our hearts to understand you, O oh God. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. So in light of what I've said, Pentecost was a season of harvest, was a day of harvest where the children of Israel gathered together to give glory to God for blessing them, blessing their farm, blessing the works of their hands. And on that particular day, God used that time to harvest 3,000 souls in to the kingdom. It was a celebration of God's goodness to them through harvesting of their products from the farm. And God used that same day to harvest in 3,000 souls into the kingdom on that day. So, 
as I was studying, I realized and I said, well, it's safe to say that Pentecost was an opportunity that God used to unlock his manifold wisdom and his eternal truth called Christ. Because the whole, I'll use loose word, the whole drama, the wind, rushed as a rushing mighty wind that came at the tongue of fire, everything was culminating to preaching of salvation to those who were in Israel at that time, who came for religious devotional visit in Israel. So everything, it was an unlocking of salvation to, to the church of Christ. And I also believe that God used it. Chapter 2, verse 5 of the book of Acts, Bible says, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. Verse 6, And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused, because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Everyone heard them speak in his own language. In other words, the whole attention that God got of the people with the sound, with the wind, and everything was for salvation to be preached to the people of Jerusalem on that beautiful day. So the love of God unlock the next phase or phases of eternal program that God had from the foundation of the world to us as believers. For example, in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5, the Bible says, when Jesus Christ came into the world, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offering you don't desire, but the body you have prepared for me. He was somewhere before he came into the world. The Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 13 verse 8, that Christ was slain, the blood was shed from the foundation of the world. So that was why I said one of the tools to use to be able to benefit from this story of Pentecost is the prophetic timeline. In other words, God does things purposefully. It unlocked the love of God that is incorruptible. The Bible says, from what we have read in the book of Acts, that devout men came to Jerusalem to worship God. 
from every nation on the earth. But God's eternal love that was prepared from the foundation of the world for men to accept Christ as Lord was unveiled at that time. The primary functions of the sound of the mighty wind and tongues of fire at Pentecost were one, God wanted to gain the attention of the people. Number two, to communicate the incorruptible love of God for all nationalities. Because as, as of until that time, the disciples of Christ were all Jewish people. But when the, when the wind came, the, the, the wind blew, the Holy Spirit came on the scene. The love of God that was established in the blood of the Lamb was unlocked to everyone. And those that heard the gospel preached to them and believed, they gave their lives to Christ. And when we read down, we will see certain things that happened. In the book of, that same book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 16, that was building up to chapter 2. Peter stood in the midst of the 120 church membership. As of that time, he said this, men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas. We have to remember, I said, one of the ways to really get blessed reading the scripture, one of the tools is for us to be conscious that there's what is called prophetic timeline. So what happened there, building up to that, Peter stood up and said, David, hundreds of years before Judas was born, before Christ came in the flesh, prophesied that Judas was going to betray Jesus Christ. And what will happen to him? So Peter was saying what they were about to do was in line with God's eternal program. So we cannot be celebrating Pentecost only, only by, by, by ceremony. It was an unveiling of series of God's eternal program that God planned to do on earth. Acts one twenty says, Peter was saying, for it is written in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling place be, be desolate and let no one leave in it and let another take his office. Chapter 2 verse 25, still talking about David, for David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he's at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. 
Here was Peter explaining to the audience the, 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 the reason why God allowed what I would call loosely the drama of the, of the wind and all of that was to get their attention and was now explaining the, 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 the reason, God's reason for doing all of those, for, for gaining their attention. And David is very, very central. Reading that book of Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2 to the whole of what the Pentecost is all about. David saw Jesus Christ. I saw the Lord always before me, before my face. He is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Verse 26, David says, Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. Verse 27, for you will not leave my soul in hate, nor will you allow my whole, your Holy One to see corruption. Verse 28, you have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Verse 26 and 27, David, David, God showed David Christ. He saw the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Here was a man. Please, I want us to listen very carefully now. David says in the book of Psalm 139, he said, God showed him all the days of his life as though he had already lived them. In other words, how long he was going to live, God showed him. God showed him the encounters he was going to have. That was why David never lost any battle. Though a murderer, though a, lost, a man full of lust, but David knew about salvation by grace. David knew about the everlasting love of God. So as a child of the Most High God, please be encouraged. Don't be so preoccupied with the mistakes you are going to make along your journey. Rather, pursue God like, like David did. Pursue God. In David was the prophet who could prophesy. So the Pentecost was revealing to us, using David as a case study. God's purpose for your life is more than the mistakes 
you have ever made or you would make on the journey. Pursue God even when you, have, when, when you think you have done anything wrong, call your way to the altar. The Bible says, come to the throne of grace in time of need. There is an enemy out there called Satan. He would walk on your flesh. You too, you would, you would, you would self-inflict using your flesh. But get up and keep moving. Get up and keep moving until you finish your course. Don't stay there. Acts chapter 2 verse 31. He's talking about David. He is seeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades nor did his flesh see corruption. Verse 34, For David did not ascend into heaven, into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand. That was the sermon Peter was preaching to more than 3,000 people, making reference to David. I is my, you and myself, you, you and I, and everyone listening, and even for every believer all over the world, there is a program of God in place. Be conscious and list yourself and pursue it. That's good. Sure. When we pursue God, the flesh, we, our stumbling will be more, will, will, will be reduced would almost be zero. David said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. When you pursue God to the level whereby God begins to show you things that are going to happen 200 years time, 300 years time, you begin to govern your life by this truth. You will not have time to give in to the flesh. One thing the Holy Spirit told me was this, which I, which I shared with us at Bible over coffee. For God to be showing David all of this, Holy Spirit told me, he said, Ajay, David killed a man because of lust. He was told by the prophet, Nathan, who was giving a parable about a very rich man who had a large estate. He had herds of cattle, of lambs, everything. He had more than, more than enough. And there was this other man who had just won, who never treated even that little lamb like an animal, but like a child. The man that had so much went to take the one, the only one, 
that the poor man had and took it and used it to serve his guests. And David's response was this. When Nathan told him he was the one, David's response was, no, before, before, before that, David said, that rich man must be killed. Must be killed. In other words, he did not say, let's take half of his estate and give to the poor man. He said, this man must be killed. And the Holy Spirit opened my, my mind up and said, go back and read the response of David. I read it time and again. And he said, do you know that I said David was a man after my own heart? I said, yes, Lord. He said, the reason why I said David was a man after my own heart was, was, was in that his response. Read it again. I said, God, he said that man should be killed. And the moment the prophet told him, the Bible says, David broke down. The Holy Spirit now told me, said, David judged the case, the case the way the Lord says it should be judged. And he being the God of justice, that would have been what he would have done. He said, but David was a sinful man by action, but a righteous man in his heart. He was a sinful man by action, but his heart was a righteous man. Because he did not just say, take half of it, that man's estate and give to the, to, to the other man. He was a righteous man. God says, because of that, David was a man, anytime he would do anything wrong, he would cry to God. And God now told me, he said, know as a child of God, know my view about you in Christ. Not what you want to afflict yourself by. When you know the love of God for you, it will help you to put the flesh under. It will help us to be less subjected to the enemy to harass our lives. David, God said, he was a righteous man in his heart, but a sinful man by action. And God said, that was why he was able to reveal so much to David. And David was so smart. Guess what David did? In that book of Acts, David went to begin to negotiate for his throne because God gave him a promise that Jesus Christ was going to come through him. David started talking to God 
about his promise to him about Christ. And God told him that yes, please can, I, can we just go to Acts chapter 2? Are we are we there? Yep. Verse 34. For David did not ascend into heaven, but he says to himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know, assuredly, that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. I want to quickly just give me a little. Uh, okay, verse 20, 29. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us still to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, According to the flesh, he will raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. <laughs> Let me read it again. Therefore, David was a king, but here Peter was addressing him as a prophet. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God sworn with an oath to him, that is David, that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. Here, is a, here, here was a man that because God told him that Christ, who was not spiritually it was independent of his biological lineage. Because of the promise of God to him, David was negotiating with God. He was talking to God. Mm. God, you promised me that my throne will be forever. And that yeah. even you said that Christ, who is my Lord, who will be raised from the dead, will be king and will be sitting on my throne. God, what you, this is going to come to pass. Guess what the Holy Spirit now told me later? Pauline, he said, the throne of David is spiritual. But it has a physical representation. Right now, there is no king in Israel, but that throne is still there in the spirit. So every throne, Bible says, everything visible and invisible, thrones, dominions were all created by God. So for every throne, for every government, for every rulership, there is a throne that is invisible. 
to the throne of David, David was able to see beyond the physical. He knew that by the time he would have died and when Christ would come, a lot of changes would have taken place. But he knew that the promise of God would never fail, that God will come through his lineage. There are things that God wants to do in your life, child of God. Don't allow yourself to be captured by your mistakes. Don't be distracted by things you don't have or things you are planning to have. In Christ, by the by blood covenant, through Jesus Christ, you have and own everything. So the Pentecost unlocked the incorruptible love of God to us. So the Pentecost, like I said, opened heaven up. The plan and the program of God became revealed to us. And the book of Revelation says, Christ was saying, said, I am the root of David. I am the root of David. In other words, I am the sustainer of David. And David knew this. So to make it relevant and application to us, which I'm going to do briefly, and then around, fortunately, we, we cannot do back and forth like we do at uh, Bible over coffee. <laughs> Maybe one, maybe one day we'll have a, a Zoom seminar and we can do that. Very nice. I wrote in my commentary, I said, David was a sinful man by action, but a righteous man at heart. Yet he pursued God's unconditional love through God's gracious prophetic revelation of Christ being seed of David. I wrote here, I said, Do not oppress or eventually destroy yourself without the help of the Holy Spirit, without the help of Satan. On this journey, you're on the battlefield. You're on the battlefield. Keep moving. Live by revelation. Don't be ignorant. Be intentional. Don't live in the memories of your mistakes. Don't live in the memories of your mistakes because there's so much more that God wants to do because God has a book, a program that he has written for you, fulfill the purpose of God for your life. Don't give in. Like David, embrace the incorruptible love of God in the bloodline called Jesus Christ. I round off. The day of Pentecost became the continuous unlock of God's love that passes on on this day. So let's embrace the love of God for what the Pentecost stands for. Pentecost in unveiling of the love of God through Christ for you. Embrace the love of God. Don't 
allow the memories of the past hold you down. There is a that God has already won for you. Keep moving. Keep moving and win the race has already won for you, child of God. God bless. Amen. Wow, thank you so much. That That is powerful and encouraging. And I, I love the way that that you take the scripture and lay it up and then, boom, there's that powerful application. Thank you so much. Um, I love you, my brother. I appreciate you. I'm so glad that you came on board to, to share um, just your love for Jesus and how, how His love has unlocked your life, your ministry, your family, and, and what you're doing now. And um, yeah, I just want to thank you and, and, and we just speak a blessing over you and your family. Um, and I'm sure people that listened today were encouraged and enjoyed that so much. And uh, I want to invite you, if, if you listened and you were blessed by this, to, uh, to please make contact with, uh, with Ade and his family and, and ministry. It's called the Tree of Life Multiversal Church. If you are in the Helderberg area or in the Cape and you want to join us for Bible over coffee, uh, it's on Wednesdays. At the moment, we're meeting over Zoom. Uh, and you can also contact uh, Pastor Ade to, if you want to get the invite to that. And uh, you can uh, send an email to info at treesoflife.coza and then they can be in contact with you there. Um, and also, if you want to contribute financially to their ministry, I would seriously encourage you to do that. They're doing great work for God, taking, taking ground for the kingdom. And if you want to be a part of that, uh, please visit their Facebook page and, uh, and do that as well. Or contact us on Facebook. We'll, we'll get you to the right place. No worries. Um, so with that, I just want to say thank you so much, Pastor Ade, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And I um, appreciate your love of God. I think we need to to get you back and we can tell some more stories. Um, I, th I think we need to, to end off today. Um, and I, I want to pray for you. And I want you to pray then after me for the people that are listening. And then we can say goodbye. Is that good? Beautiful. Good. All right. Lord Jesus, I thank you for, for Ade, for his wife, for Shua, for their daughter Nisi. I thank you for their ministry, the call on their lives. I thank you for the, the powerful message they have and the way that, that you've led him to teach your word, to empower people, to, to, get, to see how your love unlocks their lives so that they can live the lives you've called them to live. And I thank you for the power of your word and the amazing things that we heard today. I'm, we're so encouraged. Thank you for, for being with us in this time. And Lord, I, I just speak a blessing over Ida and his family and his ministry in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you unlock the the riches uh, that you have for them the that you open up the right doors that you connect them with the right people at the right time and and we thank you for your favor upon their lives that they are blessed and highly favored they are blessed and they're going in and they're going out and i thank you lord that that supernaturally you will take his ministry to that level that he dreams of where just just that all glory will go to you and whenever he's he's ministering that People will be healed, get saved, get set free. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord, for everyone listening and those that will listen later. Father, I pray, O oh God, that you would open our eyes of understanding, that you will fill, fill us up with the knowledge of your will. 
even as we go to celebrate Pentecost on Sunday, we will know that it's a time of freedom. It's a time to press into you. It's a time where you revealed that every and walk in victories in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I ask that everyone's spiritual eyes of understanding be enlightened, O oh God, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you, O oh God. Thank you for today. Thank you for the utterances. Thank you for that which has been spoken. Father, I bless Heinz Winkler and the love key. Father, thank you for a man whose heart is completely after you, O oh God, a man whose pursuit is of God first before any other thing. I've witnessed it, my family, we've witnessed it as a church and as Bible over coffee, we've witnessed, O oh God. Father, we thank you for his life. Father, we bless him, O oh God. Father, I ask that in the north, from the north, south, east, and west, all blessings that are his be, be brought to him. And I pray for everyone listening. If there be any in need of any help whatsoever, mm. I command help to come. Yes. I speak to the north to release. I speak Thank to the Jesus. south. I speak to the east and the west mm. to release. Father, thank you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we believe you, O oh God. Father, we say thank you. Your word will never return back to your void. Father, your word says you are the one who fulfilled the counsel of your servant to God. Father, we say thank you, God. Father, we say thank you, for today is a blessed day. Father, we thank you. We look forward to Pentecost this Sunday and even beyond. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate it. All right. I, um, <laughs> I want to invite you. Just put a link up there. I want to invite you guys to to be a, to go and be a part of the Unite 714 uh international day of prayer that's happening on sunday uh hundreds and thousands of churches and millions of people are going to be praying together this weekend and especially on sunday so uh make sure that you're a part of that and i uh, really believe that this pentecost be a very special occasion and have a huge impact on the spiritual realm around the world uh so it's an exciting time to be alive it's definitely different and and weird and challenging but I do believe that it's an exciting time for us as believers. And it's a time for us to, 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 to live exactly the way that, that Ade said today, to, to live as Davids, people that have a, a heart after God and a heart after living God's way for themselves and, um, well, for them and for the others around them. So thank you so much for everyone who, who dialed in and, uh, and stayed with us. We really appreciate you guys so much. Uh, may God bless you. And uh, please join us again next week. We're gonna, I have a couple of really amazing guests lined up. We've got uh, Frank Rotenbach, Nico Panagio. We've got Mr. Graham Power uh, from Power Construction and Unashamedly Ethical. And, uh, and the week after that, I'm excited to announce we, we've got Uncle Angus coming uh, onto this, this program. So there's some really, really amazing things coming up. And I appreciate all of those amazing people for coming to share their stories of how God's love has unlocked their lives. And I pray that for you as well, that He will keep on unlocking every aspect of your life and so that you can become the person that God had planned for you from the beginning of creation. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, thank you so much again for being here. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.